But tonight we're going to be in the fifth chapter of Ephesians. And so I won't have to break down all those words individually. I'm going to be reading from the New King James versions to the the Old King James because it brings out some of the wording and we won't have to uh, dwell on uh, chapter 5, and we're going we're gonna to read verses beginning at verse 1 down through verse 12. And I've called this lesson tonight that we're going to talk about a call to holiness and separation. A call to holiness and separation. Brother Wayne mentioned something about Brother Hale while ago, I still can hear Brother Hale say today, oh, bless God, still got holiness, we got a whole mess today. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was a favorite terminology of Brother Hale. He said, instead of having holiness in the church, we got a whole mess. Oh, I, t- I, I wonder if he wants to come in the church today, and I wonder what he think about now. Oh, hallelujah. But there is a call to holiness, even though... Even in Pentecostal apostolic circles, there's a lot of lit down on this. And uh, uh, I've had more people get mad at me about my stance on holiness than uh, I did the Baptist folks when I began to preach to them about Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But um, we, better, we better realize something and that never forget something. Like the old, the old timers used to say, it's either holiness or hell. Hallelujah. And so the fifth chapter of Ephesians, I'm calling it what we're going to be talking about tonight is a call to holiness and separation. All right, I'm going to begin to read verse 1 of the fifth chapter. Therefore, okay, now if you notice the original King James he's got up there is uh, followers. But uh, the new King James Version says, Therefore be imitators. Of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you. Not, uh, you know, don't, don't let it be named among you as uh, fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather given of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Now, if you want to talk about getting tight, that's tight. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, that is, Lord. Let no one deceive you with empty words, vain or empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Now, Here's where we get about being separated, verse, uh, verse 7. Hallelujah. 
Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Amen. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. I don't know how you feel about it, but I want I, I want to the things that I'll do for God, I want to make sure they're acceptable to Him. Hallelujah. Now, I love you and I appreciate you, but I'm but I'm not living to be, be acceptable to you. I'm living to be acceptable to Him. Hopefully, that, that's, that's the attitude that we all have. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, so we were one time in darkness, but now we're children of the light. And he said, and if you're children of the light, walk like it. Amen. Walk like it. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is, the acceptable, is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Think about that. Think about that. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Hallelujah. Now let's, we'll stop right there at verse 12 because... uh, there's no way that we'll really do justice all of what I've read uh, so far. Uh, here, here's, here's the, uh, the estimation of it all, church. If you're interested in making heaven your home, and evidently we are, we wouldn't be here tonight. You wouldn't have, you know went through the plan of salvation, repented and filled, baptized his name filled with the, with the Holy Ghost. But that is, that is not the end of it. That's the beginning of it. Now, I can open up a question and answer thing right now and say, let's all consider why is it why is it we don't have more miraculous healings in the church? Why don't we even see God move more? Why, why, why? And I know people have different ideas, but and we overlook the most obvious. Compare what's going on in the church today with what was going on in the church 30 or 40 years ago. Hallelujah. Amen. People back then were dedicated to the Word. They weren't interested in trying to change the Word. They weren't interested in trying to make excuses. They just did it. My Lord. (laughs) Those who, who say Brother Sammy gets too tight sometimes. Hallelujah, old brother Gibson, the man who baptized me in Jesus' name. Every man who went to his church had a a, a nice church down in Columbia, Tennessee. 
every man in there never wore nothing but a white shirt to church. Top, top button always buttoned. If you wore a watch, it couldn't be a gold band. It, it had to be a leather band. Uh, now, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying that maybe there's, there, there's some things that they went over, overboard on. But what I am saying, uh, but what I am saying, is at least the people back then was concerned about, like what the scripture read, living our lives acceptable to God. Hallelujah. I can't remember the lady's name, save my soul, but uh, I, I preached I preached one time for um, Brother DeWeese up in Carthage before uh, he was tragically killed. Uh, him and his brothers used to be a part of Brother Hale's church. Matter of fact, when I went over there in the early 70s and preached Brother Hale's first revival, they was, they was on the platform. They played the music and, uh, 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 for the church. And um, anyway, I went up there to preach. They asked me to come up there to minister. And I had told this story for years and took it upon on faith, even though it, it was sounded far-fetched, took it on faith that the man knew what he was talking about. But when I preached that night, there was a young man who met me out of the congregation and says, I can vouch. I can vouch that story you told and it's true. I said, how's that? Because that lady you talked about was my grandmother. Here's the story. Several years ago, in North Nashville, close some more over there, the old wooden bag. Uh, a kid was pushing the old rotary top push mower. I don't know how it happened or how he got to it, was, uh, but uh, I don't know if he got something wrapped up in it and he was trying to cling, uh, free it. Or, I don't. I don't know how it happened, but that that blade whacked off his finger. And they called, oh, I wish I could thank this lady's name. Called this lady. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't call the doctors. Back then, people couldn't. There was no such thing. Nobody had health insurance. They called her to come pray. She came over there with a bottle of Norton oil, just like what we use right here, she poured oil on that, put that finger, laid it back on top there, and, and took a bunch of bandages and wrapped around it real tight and prayed over it in Jesus' name. Left it like that for two or three weeks, and after a certain time, they gathered together and they took, uh, took that bandage off and that finger had grew back together. And that young man in Carson, Tennessee, says, that was my grandmother who, who took that finger 
and uh, anointed. But folks, those people lived dedicated lives to God. I mean, it seems like nowadays we want to see, well, you know, is, 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 you know, how close can I live to the world and still be all right with God? That is the mindset. And, and, and he said, therefore, be followers of God as dear children. And that word follower, get your strongest concordance. If you don't want to take my word for it, get your strongest concordance and look that word follower up. And it, uh, the Greek word will give you imitators. So look at what he's telling the church. He said, therefore, I want you to imitate God. What? Imitate God? Be ye imitators of God. Hmm. Become imitators of God. I looked up the word imitate. Listen, to copy, to duplicate, to reproduce. My life and your life, after God fills you with the Holy Ghost, He expects my life to be a copy of God. He expects my life to be a duplicate of God. How far short am I from that? My life is supposed to reproduce God. That's why that scripture I read to you the other week in in a sermon is I told you is a scripture that's always, one scripture that's always, oh man, it's just kept me in the grips. I mean, and, and... Makes me wonder, but the scripture that that says, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? Tie this stuff together, folks. Paul told them in Ephesians to be imitators of God. Evidently, they did not take that advice. They did not follow that advice because 25 years later, when John wrote to the same people on the Isle of Patmos, he said, I've got something against you because you've left your first love. You didn't try to imitate. You didn't even attempt to try to imitate God. Mm. Lord. Copy, to duplicate, to reproduce, all of which means to follow an example or pattern. You see, God has gave us the example in his book. He's gave us the pattern. And I I know, folks, I know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we, our churches, it don't make no difference what organization, uh, if it's the ABC, the UPC, SCLJ, or uh, who, who, whoever, uh, whoever it may be, uh, uh, wh- whatever group, amen, all of us, we, we all have got young people in our churches that ain't never really seen a notable miracle. All they done is hear us talk about them. Am I telling the truth? 
Hallelujah. Amen. We, don't, we need to get a hunger for holiness. That's how we imitate God. We imitate Him in holiness. Uh, I want you to find the scripture up there for me and put it up on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 and 16, please, sir. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. And we're going to read that just as soon as you get it up. He said, therefore, be imitators of God, be followers of God. And I've told you what that meant. We become imitators of God by walking in holiness. Look at, look at the screens there. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That means the appearing or when he comes. As obedient children, there's that word, you know, what do we read in Ephesians? Therefore be followers of God or imitators of God as dear children. Right here he says, as obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance. One time you could plead ignorance, but you can't do it now. Can't nobody plead ignorance who's got the Holy Ghost, no matter if their preacher preaches or not, because the Holy Ghost said would teach you and lead you and guide you and all truth. So if your preacher don't preach it, you still can't claim ignorance. If you claim the Holy Ghost, then you got the teacher. You got the preacher living in you. Woo, my, my, my. Not conforming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance. Let's go ahead. But as he who called you, now remember the lesson that we talk, uh, we're talking about, a call to holiness and separation. As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Hmm. And all your conduct. Next scripture. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter where I hold myself to a certain standard or not. God is holding me to a certain standard. Hallelujah. Amen. Church, I'm talking to you tonight, and I wish we had more of our folks here. I'm talking to you out of love and what they... Uh, a humble heart. What I'm telling you tonight, I know it's tough, and I I know it comes against our flesh. Amen. I, I, I battle my own flesh all the time, but if we sing and we talk about he's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, if you have been, and the word church itself means called out ones, ecclesia, those who have been called out. We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. What did he say back in Ephesians? He said, if you've been called out of darkness and into light, he says, walk like it. If we do that, we would see more power of God in our churches. We'd see more divine healing. We'd see less people die of terminal cancer. Hallelujah. We would see some things that I saw when I was young. Putting a child up on the platform has got one leg 
uh, uh, three inches shorter than the other one and put them up there and you could see, see them out there. And when the saints and the ministry began to pray and all those, you could see that leg come out. I saw that. This ain't no I heard. They, they told me I saw it. I walked up to a man one time. who had his eyeball yanked out when he was a kid. He was twirling a, a clothes hanger. See, back then, kids back then didn't have Xboxes and um, uh, iPhones and computers. And back then, kid, kid used their imagination. <laughs> he didn't have nothing else, and he had stretched out a clothes hanger and he was swinging around and he got that thing caught in an eye it scared him he gave it a yank and he pulled his eyeball plumb out his parents get, uh, got him a glass eye there was, there, was, there was a revival come to town brother Kenneth set up a tent this was in the 50's he was calling for people for prayer this boy at that time was only about 12 or 13 year old. He gets out and he go, stands in line. And when he gets up there to the preacher, he said, I'm blind in one eye. He didn't tell the preacher that he didn't have an eyeball. He said, I'm blind in one eye. They prayed for him. And so help me, Lord, in a few days, that kid began to see with no eyeball. I seen him in church. They they had him on TV everywhere. He was in a church in uh, in West Nashville uh, right before I was called in the ministry. They 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 paid a nurse. She worked as a nurse at Vanderbilt to come out, and she she bandaged up. Took twelve fifteen minutes. His good eye, real good, bandaged so it, there was no possible way he could see anything out of the good eye. And he popped out that glass eye, laid it on the platform, and he stood up there and did that in just nothing but a socket. People started bringing stuff up there. My brother was with me that night, and he, he got his billfold out, and he pulled, he pulled out a pair of uh, some hunting and fishing line. He said, here, take it. I said, you take my." He said, no, you go up there. I walked up there, and I handed him Brother Douglas, and I promise as God is my witness he read those, that, that, those hunting license with nothing. And people all the time say, well, if God did, was able to cause you to see with just a socket and no eyeball, why didn't he create a new eyeball? He said, well, let me tell you this. If I went around the countryside saying I lost my eyeball and God gave me a new one, how many people would believe that? Hallelujah. You see... I've seen some of these things. Smith Wigglesworth went to a funeral. Supposed to have been a funeral. Anybody heard that name Smith Wigglesworth? I know Brother Wayne knows. He goes there, Brother Paul. This this is recorded history fact. Recorded history fact. 
he pulls that man out of the coffin and tuck him beside the wall, pushed him beside the wall and say, I command you to live in the name of Jesus Christ. Pushed him against it again. I command you to live in Jesus Christ. On the that man began to cough and sneeze and started walking. We say nowadays it don't matter how we live. It don't matter how we dress. It don't matter how we look. But God has called us a separation. The ladies in the church shouldn't be wearing their hair and their clothes to match those harlots in, in Hollywood. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not supposed to be conformed to the world. We're supposed to, we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Hallelujah. So that's we become followers or imitators of God in holiness, but I, I, can't, I can't quit this lesson without giving you one more thing how we're supposed to be imitators of God about, followers of God. We become imitators and followers of God in holiness, and we become imitators and followers of God in love. If you're going to copy God, if you're going to duplicate God, if you're going to reproduce God in your life, then you're going to have to have some love. You're going to have to have some love. First John, find that one for me, chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And um, by the time I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to quit after this, and we'll, we'll go further uh, next week. Now, holiness is important. We need to strive for that. But just as important, if we're going to be an imitator of God, we've got to have love inside of us. Or being holy is not going to do you any good. It's, 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 it's meant, it's, here you got scales. Some people go on one, over, go on one, and lead down the other, but it's supposed to be balanced out. Hallelujah. Just because you're trying to walk holy and live holy don't mean you're supposed to walk or walk around uh, with a judgmental attitude about everybody else. Hallelujah. We teach more people by, by our actions and by our words. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. He said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Go ahead. Next verse. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. What are we talking about? We're talking about being imitators of God. Hallelujah. Followers of Him. Next verse. 
In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only, only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, <laughs> glory to God, for our sins. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen. So, what I am trying to get across tonight, and as we strive in our life, and we have to work on it every day, it's something, I mean, It's something, it, we're, not gonna, we're never going to graduate from this school, folks, as long as we're in this life. Hallelujah. As the longer you live, the longer you're going to find, the, the more you're going to find stuff you're going to have to work on. Amen. But we strive to be followers of God and we do it in holiness. He said, could be ye holy because I'm holy. But we also do it in love. He said, because if you don't love, you don't know me. Hallelujah. Well, how do I demonstrate that love? The same kind of way God demonstrates his love to you. Is not God long-suffering towards you? What does that mean? That means he puts up with you. Hallelujah. He puts up with more from me than he should. But thank God he's never cut me off. So see, folks, if there's somebody that's not living up to a particular level that I think they should be living, don't mean that I should try to cut them off. We got to work together and pray one for another. 